Okay, so here we are, 2021. I honestly don't know how we got here. <laughs> but I think we can honestly say that 2020, we can literally shake the dust off our feet at that year. And one of the things that, that I, I told myself I wouldn't do today is really, you know, rail on 2020 too hard because there were a lot of good things that came out of the year. Am I right? And uh, yep, a lot of struggles, a lot of things that we had to go through, but man, we're still alive today. We are not dead. We're not six feet under or, or in urn somewhere. Um, we, we are alive. And, and that word that Cheryl gave today, the joy of the Lord is our strength, Nehemiah 8.10, it is a foundation of what I'm going to say today. I mean, this is a two weeks in a row now I've had somebody give a word and it really plays right into the message that I believe God has given me. And so, I, honestly, I want to ask you all, and, and you'll find out as me as a pastor, what I want is a lot of interaction. All right, I kind of feed off of that a little bit, um, but also I want you guys to feel part of the, the things that I'm saying up here. And so if you have an amen or a, yep, I get you, Pastor Jeff, then go ahead and say that. Um, this is not a church with pews and we're all religious, okay? This is a family that, and a community that's going to be interactive. But I, I want to know specifically how many of you really are encouraged and looking forward to taking on this new year? Give me a show of hands. You guys are liars. <laughs> maybe it's just me. I'm stepping into this new position as lead pastor, and maybe I'm a little apprehensive about the year. But uh, I really feel like that deep down inside in our hearts and our subconscious, we're kind of looking forward to 2021 like we're looking forward to a root canal. And, and, and that's okay. Um, I, I really feel like today is, is a word of encouragement for you, for you all. Um, the word behind me on the screen, who has been in the army? Raise your hand. And what is that word that's behind me on the screen? Let's hear it. Hua, yeah. It means so many different things. Okay, if you go on an army base today, you'll hear this word probably a hundred times before you leave, because it means everything you can think, think of. Um, but primarily, if you were to Google the word hua, what it means is, I heard you. I understand what you're saying to me. I acknowledge you. I mean, I must have said it a million times when I was in the military. I remember when, when my commanding officers would give me an order or tell me to do something, I'd say, who is sir? It just means I acknowledge, got it, understand, and I'm going to move on. So I've told you this story before. Years ago, when I first came on board as the associate pastor for our, our church, but when I was uh, in the military, I went through a school called Airborne School. And that's basically where you do five jumps out of a perfectly good airplane and they slap on a pair of silver wings with a parachute on your chest and they call you good because you're now airborne. You're not a leg, right, Willie? Not a leg, yeah. In other words, you're not just a ground pounder. Now you can per jump out of a perfectly good airplane. You're, you're an idiot, basically. But, <laughs> but you're cool, you're hua. All right? And so the very first jump that we did, I was scared beyond your imagination. I was so scared. I was white as a ghost. And, and my, my best friend at the time, and uh, somebody that I grew up with, went through the military with, sitting directly across me in that cargo plane. It was a C-130, so there were 64 of us in this plane. 
And I'm looking around and we're all white as ghosts. The very first jump, they open up the doors about 10 minutes out and it's just like, oh my gosh, I've never been in a plane where the doors were open while we're flying. And so we were told to get up and hook up and all that good stuff and check each other out, make sure, you know, we weren't going to rip our arm off when we jumped out because the line was tangled or whatever. It was all nice and orderly and out the door I went on my very first jump and I, I, I just couldn't believe I did it. I remember hitting the ground, literally hitting the ground, okay? There is no soft landing, even though they tell you, you can land this way and it's perfectly soft. No, I hit the ground like a, like a rock, okay? And, and, but I was so excited. I remember jumping up on my feet and just screaming out loud as people were falling all around me in their parachutes. It was a great experience. So as we were getting through, through the days, which was called jump week that week, which is the final week of our, our training, we, had, we did jump number four. And I thought that was it because we were doing one jump a day. And, and our sergeant airborne said, no, we're going to do the fifth and final one. We're going to get it out of the way. We're going to get you done early. And I was like, oh, sweet. But there's one problem. There's a severe thunderstorm heading its, our way, our direction, and we want to get your load up right now and out the, the door for your final jump before this thing hits. And so they load us up into a, a C-141, which is a jet Air Force cargo plane. A lot of us, about 120 of us, I think it was, and put us up there and... Um, they, they let us out the door, and it was, it was great because I was scared even more than I was the first time. Because as you went out, there's a storm out on the horizon. It's coming. And I remember my chute opening up, and I had one of those where I, we were on a, uh, our final jump. They gave us the nicest one so we could actually turn, you know, turn the chute and direct it, that kind of thing, without having to pull risers down. You could actually pull these little toggles. And I remember pulling my toggle because they, they said that you want to turn into the direction of the storm. And I'm like, that sounds absolutely nuts. But that's what you want to do because if you're going away from the storm, it's going to drive you into the ground and, and you're going to hit a lot harder and you could break some things. And I don't want to do that, uh, especially my last jump. So pull my toggle down and turn right into the storm and it was facing these black wall, if you will. And I remember just, just floating down and, and I looked up and these planes were all flying overhead and all these little paratroopers popping out people floating around me in parachutes, and I was just like, hoo <laughs> This is cool. In, in, in the face of danger, right? Man, hoo right? That's what God is saying about all the stuff that's going on right now. That's what he wants us to say as we're entering 20. 21. Now, and I'm not saying we need to say who around this church, but it'd be kind of cool every now and then to hear you say that. All right? If you kind of see me moping around in the lobby, just say, hey, Pastor Jeff, whoa. I'm going to be all up and ready to go. This is a year like no other. And, and what I want to do today is I want to encourage you. Because I believe there is a lot of fear that's in this room. Even though I saw a lot of hands go up and said, I am enthusiastic about taking on this year. I'm ready for what God has for me. There's still some fear because there's a lot of unknown right now, isn't there? A lot of unknown. So what I want to do is, is open up to Matthew chapter 24. Matthew chapter 24. You don't mind if I use an actual Bible, do you? All right. Either turn to, in your Bibles... Hua, thank you. 
or <laughs> open up one of your devices, whatever that may be, preferably Apple, as you well know. That's, I'm an Apple pastor, so. Yeah, I know, you Android people. And we're going to begin in verse 3, chapter 24 of Matthew, verse 3, very familiar passage. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives, that's Jesus, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us, when will these things be? And what will be the sign of your coming in the close of the age? Isn't it just like us? Okay, we're, we're right now as a church, we're like, Jesus, when are you coming back? Man, can it get any worse, right? Well, the disciples 2,000 years ago were basically asking the same thing. Man, when are you going to come and establish your kingdom? And this is how Jesus answered them. He said, see that no one leads you astray. For many will come in my name saying, I am the Christ. And they will lead many astray. I want to stop there for a minute. See that no one leads you astray. The one thing that has led us astray, all of us in this room, is the media. The problem, and there are many things that we as a church need to improve. I'm talking about the church with the capital C, not just home church, but there are many things that we need to improve. One of those things is we got to quit being caught up in the stuff that's going on in this world. The problem really isn't what's going on in this world today. The problem is our focus is on the crud that is going on in this world today. And I've had some revelation over the past few weeks because, let me be honest with you, I've been caught up in all this stuff that's going on. I'm, yeah, I'm, amen, sister. I'm guilty too. I'm very guilty of that. And I know if I'm caught up in it, then all of you all probably are too. So I heard a statistic, and it's not just about the media, but I, I'm going to lump in the social media as well. So Instagram, Facebook, you know, all that stuff lumps into that, that media bubble or category, if you will. But the statistic that I heard is that beginning now, people will spend anywhere from seven to 10 years on social media. And that's scary. Do you want to blow 10 years of your life scrolling through junk? So the other scary thing is, is if you do have an iPhone, that every week, if you have the alert set, you will get something called a screen time alert. And it tells you how many hours that you've been on your phone looking at stuff over the past week. And so, <laughs> over vacation, so I've been out of the office for the past couple of weeks, um, I'm averaging about four hours of screen time. And I'd love to tell you that's all because I'm in the Bible, you know? But no, I'm scrolling through social media, I'm looking at stuff, you know? I mean, there's a lot of things going on in this world, isn't there? And so, being led astray and the false Christs that are out there, here we are in the 21st century. It is the media that's leading us astray. 
because we are so wrapped up in what's going on in this world and what they're saying. It's not even news anymore. It's sensationalism. I mean, I had the news on the other night. We were just watching because uh, of the weather, because of the winter weather was coming. And so I put it on the local news, no big deal. You know, I can get through the local news, all right. But then the national news came on after that. And so Lisa was making dinner and I'm hanging out with her. And they started talking about this new strain of the coronavirus. And I went off. I'm just <laughs> off, hua, yeah, off. <laughs> I didn't go hua, I was like off. <laughs> but here's the point that I'm saying is how much news are you watching right now? So what I've done in my household is we've just cut it. For, for years, actually, we've, we've cut cable. We don't even have cable on in the house, so I can't watch cable news that runs 24 hours a day. I'm asking you all to take a step with me this year, because if we're going to move forward in what God has for our church, we cannot be led astray anymore. And what I mean by that is we can't be so focused on the world events that are happening right now that we are completely losing focus because we're in fear of what's happening that we can't move forward with what God wants us to do. So Jesus is saying, do not be led astray. So I'm not telling you you have to do this, but what I am saying is quit watching the news. Quit thumbing through all of the social media garbage that's out there. So to give you an idea of what I'm doing is I've deleted everything off my phone that has to do with whether it's Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whatever it is that you guys watch or, or listen to. I've caught all the alerts off because I was tired of sitting you know, in my office and my phone would, would go off and my watch would go off with a Fox News breaking alert that Harry and Meghan have left the royal family. And it's just like, it's just one thing after another, right? So what I've done to control my narrative, if, if I can say that, is I have certain news apps that are on my phone that are strictly, you click on it and you can read, okay? doesn't alert me. It's on my time. If I want to look at it, I will look at it. I won't let the hype hit me. Okay. I control what's alerting me because I don't want to be led astray anymore. Because honestly, there is nothing that's coming across the news right now that has anything to do with truth. Okay, good. Something to think about. So Jesus continues. And we're in verse 7 of Matthew 24. He said, For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom. And there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. All these are but the beginning of the birth pains. Boy, we are experiencing some birth pains, aren't we? There's a lot of birth pains going on right now. And last year, just when you thought that one was too many, there were several things that happened, right? One of them being a global pandemic. Well, we've been, as a human society throughout his human history, have been through a lot of pandemics. And we're still here today, right? Bubonic plague in the Middle, East, uh, Middle, Middle Ages, if I can speak. We had World War I and then the flu pandemic. Then here we are with this thing called COVID, which apparently has another strain. So we have been through the gamut before. And I think what God is, is doing is he's kind of laughing at us a little bit because we're freaking out down here on earth. 
He's saying, listen, I, I've seen history from the beginning to the end. I've uh, like unfurled furl- it like a map on, on this large table. I see everything that's happened. This, what you're going through right now, is just a speed bump. Amen. It's just a speed bump. I mean, that, that's the attitude that he wants us to have. Because he's looking at it and he's just going, hua. <laughs> he wants us to have the attitude that this is a speed bump. Because we've been through this before. What if Jesus doesn't come back for another 2,000 years? No, I know other people have said that. I believe it's soon. Okay, I I was talking to somebody in in the lobby earlier this morning about how, yeah, I feel in my spirit like it's soon, right? But what if it, in God's eyes, soon could be another 2,000 years? And we'll look back on this time when we're in heaven one day and think, man, we really overreacted to that, didn't we? We're going through history. We've been through this kind of thing before, but the church's mission has not changed. So we've got to be where God is at. And this is a speed bump, okay? I am not gonna let the hype of what's going on lead me astray. I'm not gonna allow it to become my idol, my Christ. I'm not going to let history stop me from what God has called me to do. And I think we all need to be reminded of that purpose this morning. No, instead, I'm going to treat this like it's just no big thing. And we're going to move forward in what God has for us to do. Amen. So Jesus continues. And he goes into verse 9, and he's going to start talking about the tribulation And whether you believe that we're going to be raptured before, after, during, mid, whatever, it doesn't matter, okay? It's very much a a, a open-handed discussion. But this is what he says about the tribulation, which I believe we're going to be raptured before that. He says, they will deliver you up to tribulation, put you to death. You will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then many will fall away and betray one another and hate one another. Verse 11, and many prophets will rise and lead many astray. And because lawlessness will be increased, the love of many will grow cold, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Where we're at right now is a foreshadowing of this. We're starting to see things like this already happen, right? I mean, there's no doubt in my mind that we're kind of getting a preview of a coming attraction, that I believe we're not going to be here for the full event, okay? And he goes on in verse 14, he says this, and this gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the whole world as a testimony to all nations, and then the end will come. So what what is Jesus saying? He's saying all these things are going to happen. Don't be led astray. See that you're not alarmed. All right, so don't be afraid because you still have a job to do. And that job has been the same job for 2,000 years where Jesus said that you will make disciples of all nations, that you will preach the gospel to every living creature. It doesn't matter what's going on because let me tell you, the church, when it first started, persecution of the church happened a whole lot more than it's happening right now. And God used it to spread all the disciples across the Roman Empire to spread the gospel even more effectively. So we're in this position right now where we can either 
coil back, recoil back in fear and step away from the plan that God has and the mission that he has. Or we can say, you know what? Hua, I'm going to step into that danger and I'm going to carry out the mission that God has for us. So as a bit of encouragement, I want everyone to turn to Isaiah 43. And this is where we get encouragement, okay? So we've gotten the orders. Hua, I acknowledge it. Understand you, sir, which is God. Understand you, sir. Okay? Not to be led astray. Not to be alarmed. Have a mission. Gotcha. Here comes the, uh, the encouragement. So beginning in verse 1, Isaiah 43. But now thus says the Lord, He who created you, O Jacob, he who formed you, O Israel, fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. For those of you that are in here, if you're in Christ, if you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you belong to God. You are redeemed, which means your sin, past, present, future, will not be held against you because Jesus already took it on the cross. So you are redeemed. He knows you by name. He says, you are mine. This is not a God that is distant. This is a God who seeks and desires a personal relationship with each and every one of us because he knows each and every one of us by name. And see, he backs up with an action. I've redeemed you. Okay, I know a lot of you by name. Come in the door, I'll say, hey, what's up? You know? What's up, Dr. Holderness? What's up, Ben? You know? What's up, David? What's up? I know your names, but if I go out of my way and do something for you, if you say, hey, Pastor Jeff, I got this problem, I need prayer, I pray for you right then and there, there is love, there's a personal bond and a relationship there. God is saying, as I know your name, and to back it up, I redeemed you. I've saved you from your sins. And then he goes on in verse 2, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. When you walk through fire, you shall not be burned. And the flames shall not consume you. Why is that? Because I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. You know, the one who redeemed you and knows you by name. So 2020, that describes 2020. Waters, fires. And God is saying, I was with you every step of the way. And here we go. If I've been with you through 2020, I'm going to be with you through 2021. He goes on, I give Egypt as your ransom, Cush and Seba in exchange for you, because you are precious in my eyes and honored, and I love you. I give men in exchange for you, peoples in exchange for your life. Fear not, for I am with you. What is he saying here? Basically, he's saying, I will move heaven and earth. I will move nations and people groups to save you, to be with you. Don't be afraid. Fear not is the largest command in the Bible. 
I'm going to go ahead and skip down to verse 10. Verse 10. So everything from verse 1, basically through verse 9, is this, this hua speech. I've redeemed you. I'm with you. Don't be afraid because this is what I need you to do. Verse 10, you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and my servant, whom I have chosen, that you may know and believe me and understand that I am he. See, we're supposed to know that so that we can tell others that. So he's telling us, this is what you need to know because I need you to go out and tell others that. And he goes on to talk about himself. He says, before me, no God was formed, nor shall there be any other after me. I, I am the Lord, and besides me, there is no Savior. (laughs) That goes back to what Jesus was saying, right? I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, nobody comes to the Father but by me. That's the reason why we're doing Alpha, which I'll talk about next week. I declared and saved and proclaimed when there was no strange God among you and you are my witnesses, declares the Lord, and I am God. Also henceforth, I am he. There is none who can deliver from my hand. I work and who can turn it back? Thus says the Lord, your redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, for your sake I send to Babylon and bring them all down as fugitives, even to Chaldeans, in the ships in which they rejoice. I am the Lord, your Holy One, the creator of Israel, your King. Thus says the Lord, who makes a way in the sea, a path in the mighty waters, who brings forth chariot and horse, army and warrior. They lie down, they cannot rise, they are extinguished, quenched like a wick. This is the gospel, said in a very powerful way. Man, it... People need to know this. Because you as a believer, if you're scared with what's going on right now, how much more frightened are those that don't know God going to be scared? They need to know this too. He goes on in verse 18. Remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth, do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. In other words, get ready, new things coming. We're gonna be doing a new thing in 2021 as the church and the stuff's gonna come at us. We're still gonna be going through trials and hard times, but I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. The wild beasts will honor me the jackals and the ostriches. For I give water in the wilderness, rivers in the desert, to give drink to my chosen people, for the people whom I form for myself, that they they might declare my praise. And that's where I'm gonna stop today. Lisa and I have agreed, after much prayer, some fasting, to step into this role as your pastors. 
And what I want you to know is, I'm going to tell it like it is. We're going to be real and transparent with you. We're not going to preach at you. Because everything that I'm saying today, I've had to point right back at me. We're going to love you. We're going to pray for you. You come up and say, I need prayer. I'm going to pray for you right then and there. I just want you to know that. And I know I talk a lot about being hua and jumping out of airplanes, and, which means my pastor is an idiot for doing that. But there, there is that exterior that is tough at times. But I feel like that I'm that way because I want you all to see strength. But inside, I have a very soft heart. You ask my wife, I can cry. I do have compassion. (laughs) But I also get very excited about the mission that God has for us. And Isaiah 43 has been a psalm that I have read and meditated on for a while. When we opened the doors of this new building back in March of last year, which was a good thing that happened in 2020, the whole verse came to me about, behold, I'm doing a new thing. And we have a lot to do. And and Lisa and I, as your pastors, we understand that we cannot do it without you. And we certainly, it goes out being said, cannot do it without God. Next week, I'm going to talk about the vision. I'm going to talk about how you all are going to be a part of that vision and how we're going to actually do. It's not going to be a hua speech and we're going to rattle our swords and we're going to walk out of here ready to take on the world and nothing happens. It's going to be something that I believe you guys can, can get involved with, get excited about, and then we can push our fear aside and we begin to do the new thing that God has called us to do. In conclusion, I'm reading this book right now for fun. Believe it or not, I'm reading a book for fun. And it's called To Wake a Sleeping Giant. And it is a book about Pearl Harbor, written by Jeff Shara. And and he has written many, many historical fiction books. I mean, I love his books because he ties in historical fact with fictional characters. But he also has historical characters that are in there. And of course, the dialogue between everybody is, is stuff that he has brought together versus, uh, based on interviews that he's done, research he's done. But he's also put you know, his spin on it as well. But this book about Pearl Harbor, which is a fascinating um, event in, in human history. If you thought, we think the end is near now, what would you be like if you lived in 1941 on December 7th? All right, I have a picture in my living room, or dining room, of Lisa's grandparents on the wall, and they're standing on a field in, on their farm, and it was taken on December 7th, 1941. And I look at that picture, and I'm like, man, how did they feel? They were attacked by the Japanese. And then the Germans on the, on the European side were going nuts on Great Britain. And, and, and so, and, and all throughout Europe. 
So when, when the Japanese decided that they had to take the Pacific in order to maintain their natural resources because their little island didn't have everything they needed. They needed rubber, they needed oil. They needed all this stuff to maintain their, their supreme empire because they felt like they were the supreme race in Southeast and Southwest Asia or Southeast Asia. That they had to get out there and, and take over as much territory as possible. And the only nation that was standing in their way was the United States. So the admiral that came up with the plan, which was actually initially laughed at by his superiors, was Admiral Yamamoto. When the attack was over, he reportedly, it's not confirmed, reportedly wrote in his diary that I am afraid that all we have done was awoken a sleeping giant. He did, didn't he? Church, we are that sleeping giant. And the stuff that's been happening, it's time to wake up. Anyone want to know something? I'm scared to death. Because the responsibility is big. But what happened after that moment, when December 7th happened, a crazy thing happened. And I can almost relate to it because it's like me jumping into a, 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 a severe thunderstorm, my last jump. There's something thrilling about running into danger. And all the men, I mean, there were men that hung themselves because they ran to the recruiting station and they had some sort of health problem and they were, I don't know what the term is. Someone help me. What's the term? Yeah. Out they go. They hung themselves. They couldn't live because people... They wanted to serve. They wanted to exact revenge. They wanted to rally around the flag. And they couldn't do that. But when this attack happened, and it, same thing with September 11th, recruiting stations were full. The giant was awoken, or wake, am I even using the proper grammar term? The giant was awake, and they ran into danger. That is us. 2021. Can I get a hua? Awesome. If everybody would please stand. We're going to take communion. Everybody should have their communion elements. If they don't, they're back on the table near the auditorium doors. This was Jesus' Hua moment. His moment at Gethsemane, he kneeled and prayed before the Father and said, if this cup can be removed from me and pass along, <laughs> but whatever your will is, let it be done. Okay, he had his moment, but he looked adversity and danger in the face, stood back up, got arrested, went to the cross, faced torture, death, death, and is resurrected today, 
He's alive. He did it. He's looking at us right now and he's saying, it's now, it's, it's your turn. Here we go. So on that night that he was arrested, he had dinner with his disciples and he took the bread and he broke and he said, take this bread and remember me. Remember my sacrifice. Maybe this year you need healing in your body. This is the time right now to receive your healing because the Bible says that by Jesus' stripes, we were healed. Let's take the bread together and let's receive our healing. And then he took the cup and said, this is my blood that will be poured out for you to be cleansed of your sins. And if there is any sin that you have right now that you need to confess before God and be forgiven of, what a way to start off the year. Let's do that. Because the Bible says if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive, forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all, all unrighteousness. Let's take the cup. Father, we thank you for this day. We thank you for everything that you have done. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, we thank you for his sacrifice. Father, we just give you the glory that as we learn today, we are redeemed. We're redeemed. And that you know us by name. And the only reason why is because we have Jesus. Father, we thank you for that in Jesus' name. With everyone's head bowed, no one looking around, Maybe today, today you're saying, I don't know if I'm redeemed. I don't know if God knows my name. If that is you today, and you need to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you don't remember a time doing that, then I'm going to ask you to do something bold right now. Raise your hand. If you're saying, I need Jesus, I don't know him, I'm asking you to raise your hand. Maybe today, you don't know if you have the strength to carry on with God's purpose for your life. Well, Jesus said that I will give you the Holy Spirit, which will give you the power to be my witnesses. If you've never received the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and the evidence of that is being able to speak in other tongues, maybe you have questions about it, then I'm going to ask you to raise your hand. Maybe today you have a need and that need needs to be fulfilled because if it's not, you're wondering how you're going to make it through this next year. We have some people that would love to pray with you. Maybe you need to receive Jesus. You didn't just want to raise your hand today. Maybe you need the Holy Spirit. Maybe you have a need if that's the case. We have people that love you that are standing outside of this auditorium that are going to begin to move right now. Go ahead and move right now. And they'd be happy to pray with you. If you need prayer for any one of those things, please follow them out. Thank you. Happy New Year.
And I will see you all for Vision 2021 next Sunday.